With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. Today, I am joined by two of the fan favourite guests. I'm here with Johnny. Welcome back, Johnny. Oh, thanks for having me. You know, that's that's a nice way of being introduced, a fan favourite. You know what I mean? Like there are actually people who are fans of mine. So I'm going to use that to power my own performance in this week's pod. Um, You know, I'm puffing my chest out. I'm the number 10. Give me the ball. Uh, so yeah, fan favorite. I'll go with that. Definitely, it's it's, it's annoying. Like you two, like in the group chat, they're like, Where, "Where's where's Johnny this week?" <laughs> oh, that 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 Matt. He's so fucking good. I'm like, what? What? This, this, this isn't this isn't about those two. More um, more, more Saka than Shaka. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm the Mo Elneny of the chat. Stinking the. <laughs> Stinking the stinking the the, the the audio out. Um so yeah, Matt, well, well welcome back. Um Thanks, Pete. It's good to be back. So, you know, like I, I think we were having a little chat pre pre-pod. It's like I'm I'm angry, but not really angry. I mean, it's kind of faux anger. I, you knew it was gonna happen. Uh like it, it, I wanna give a hot take, but I don't think there's a hot take to have. But uh, Johnny I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you. Seeing as you're such a fan favorite, why don't you why don't you start the set the tone for the day with a with a with an opinion? Um, yeah, I mean, and I know whatever I say, the fans are gonna love it because I'm just that kind of guy <laughs> right now. You know what yes. I mean? Um, <laughs> but no, um, I think you know we we initially had said that 
it's hard, isn't it, to come out of a game against a team quite clearly so superior in this league who are going to absolutely walk the league this year and also who are imperious at the back. Like Very, very hard team to score against now. It's no joke on that front. Um, and it's hard to come out of a game like that where we've lost only 1-0 and we're, we're, you know, pretty competitive throughout the game and feel like really, really downbeat. But the problem for me is it, it becomes a bit more of a philosophical one in the sense of like, who are we and what are we trying to be? Because if we just get to the stage now where we just accept these battling defeats against teams who are clearly better than us, and realistically never actually impose our will, you know, in the search of trying to beat this team. Because I, I, I think, you know, as much as we can say City are great, and they are great, you know, there was also opportunities to get at them there. I thought there were times we were passing through their lines and had, I, I thought Saka was the standout player this week for us in terms of constantly going, looking for the ball, had people on the half turn and was trying trying to make the difference and got in behind Fernandinho on a few occasions, which was hard to do. But when you really look at it, I think that um, if we were going to get anything out of this game, we would have to have been going far more hell for leather than what we were. I don't think we outwardly completely accepted defeat, but not far off it. Like We were willing to give it a go, but as much as anything, we were willing to look like we were giving it a go rather than, you know, not that I want to see Leno in the box, you know, send the keeper up, but really throwing men forward and trying to um, sniff out that goal to get something from the game, we would have had to have uh, really applied ourselves. And I thought we probably pulled out of that towards the end and took uh, what was a defeat, but not a humbling defeat. And we took it on the chin. Matt, um it has to be noted that your haircut is looking quite smug at the moment. <laughs> it's, got, it's gone sweat back. It could almost be a top knot. It's like it's somebody after they've been in Big Brother and they come out of the house, they get their hair did nice. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that you're going to have a really, really good opinion here because you don't want to let the side down, right? You, you, Matt, How you are definitely you going to count look, You definitely look like you know your way around a yoga retreat. Let's be honest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, some joss in the background, of course. I like it. <laughs> well, listen, um, Matt, that, that's not far off the truth. Have you ever cried at a yoga retreat? Be honest. Cried? Yeah. Not, yeah. not cried, but I've been to, been to a few. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find myself. Uh, still looking. Um, but uh, listen, I think as a football fan... You, you go through a lot of emotions. Like sometimes you're excited, sometimes you're disappointed, sometimes you're angry, sometimes you're frustrated. But I think the worst emotion you could ever have as a football fan is complete apathy. <laughs> and I think there was some, that was where I was at the end of Unai Emery. And I think Arteta coming in was a breath of fresh air because every game you're tuning in and you're trying to see what's happening and you're trying to look for progress. And unfortunately, today was just like one of those totally apathetic performances, days where you just stop caring a little bit because what is there? It just, it, it just didn't feel like a, like, like a lot there. And I think you said it right. On the surface, it's fine. You know, we lost narrowly. Um, but you just, you know, you, you finish the game and you just look at where we are in the league 
um, how far off we are, even from the teams like one or two above us. You know, we've played a game more than them. We're three points behind a lot of them. And you just go, it, what, what a car crash of a season this is turning into. <laughs> and, um, and so I'm sort of a little bit stuck in that psyche. It's, it's sort of pretty difficult to see the positives when, you know, you're in February and you're resting players for the last 32 of the Europa. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a really sorry state of affairs um, in, in a league where you can go up and down very quickly. So definitely very little to be positive about. Um, but I think we'll have a bit, we'll, we always knew this was going to be a tough game and I'm consoling myself by the fact that um, we're going to have a better idea in, in, in three or four games where we're at. Uh, we, this was always going to be an L, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. but let's see what happens against Benfica. Leicester is crucial. Spurs is crucial. That Spurs game is now huge. Lose that and Arteta's job's on the line again, um, I think, because of where we are in the league and what that would mean for where, uh, you know. So um, Arteta's back in deep shit again, I think. Um, not his fault that it was City today, but combination of everything and... Uh, not a good day at the office. Right before before the city game, I was uh, I was on the Twitter yesterday. We saw the, very know, positive. Well, the, the, uh, you know what inspired me? That Everton girl. That Everton girl. She got on a green screen and she got on a flute and she sang a song. And Everton smashed Liverpool. I was like, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna write the post. I'm gonna write that post. I'm gonna. It's the equivalent of like wings playing a flute. That was the blog equivalent. I was excited about where Arsenal were going, and I was <laughs> I was truly fucked over um, today. wasn't It wasn't good, but I don't think I don't think I'm quite I don't think I'm quite as downbeat um, as you there, Matt. I think the um, I think the rea- the reality is there's just there's just no depth to this squad. Um, when I, I'm assuming that the reason Ceballos didn't start was because he had an injury. And I think when you start with Mo Nini in there, he just lacks so much quality. And games like City show you how far you've got to go in the squad building uh, side of things. Like Hector Bellerin looked really, really out of his depth today. Uh, Granite Xhaka, who I thought tr- really tried hard to drive the game, but his lack of pace is really problematic. And I just thought that there was a lot of weakness in the squad. You know, I, I think the the disappointing thing is that I, I thought the last 15 minutes of the first half, you could smell a little bit of weakness in that city system. Like we started going at them. We started finding some some good spaces. I thought, well, we'll come out for the second half and we'll at least give it a good goal. But we came out for the second half. And it, I think uh, Yankee Gunner tweeted, it, it looks like Pep and Arteta have agreed to keep it to 1-0 for the rest of the game. And it kind of felt like that. The subs came really late on when it was clear that a Smith Rowe or a Lacazette could change things up. I think the players looked a little bit defeated. And I, and that that was something, when Arteta first arrived, you felt that in certain games, the players never, they, they, might, not have, they might not have felt they were as good as the opposition, but they could outfight. And I, I just think that there was some selection uh, issues this week. I think that the Europa League, Premier League mix was wrong. I thought on on Thursday, we should have seen Martinelli, we should have seen Nicolas Pepe against a fairly weak Portuguese side and then go all out against Manchester City. But we went with a strong side against Benfica. 
and didn't win, even though we should have, really. And then everybody was knackered for the City game. Like, Obama Yang, you know, he, he just had no fight. His body language was horrendous out there today. Probably should have started Lacazette. Um, and then the base of that midfield was just... It's, you say unforgivable. He's got the players that he's got. But I, I just, you know, one nil. I agree. What's the, what's the strategy with Europa now? Like, are we saying that's our best chance? Because if it is, don't play Obama Yang today. And, yeah. you know, and give and give and, and let Martinelli start up top because if, if he's not going to get a game against Benfica, um, I don't, I, we just sort of, we sort of seem to not, not be clear, right? Well, the thing is that, you know, I think that's a good point. But um, first of all, Europa has to be, it's everything. You know, you talked about Arteta being under pressure. I think he's absolutely under pressure. But I think it's more, less about kind of losing that top. If we lose against Benfica, why is Arteta in the job anymore? Seriously, you know, it's been an awful season. At that point, you would have to start saying, and it's not, again, you know where I've come from with this. It's not even about Arteta out. It's at that point, why is it Arteta in? Who's looking forward to where we're heading if we surrender in the last 32 of Europa? We're battling with Burnley for position in the league. These kind of, I mean, it's just a disaster. And we've got a squad that looks like it needs an absolute revolution. So at that point, you know, we need to be given something to, you know, pine for, something to hope about in, in terms of future seasons and where we can see that going. But I think specifically when you talk about why Aubameyang played, he had to play because of what a disaster he did against Benfica. And I think you've gone from having a player who's just banged a hat-trick in last week and you're like, here we go. You know, form's temporary, class is permanent, and then apparently not. You know, it's a bit of a yeah. form situation because he hits a hat trick and then he has a hat trick of shocking misses in midweek. And I think Arteta is probably like, we need this guy to kind of get his form back rather than have a hat trick of misses, then get benched, and then we're asking him to play against Benfica next week. So but I think I think I saw somewhere saying, if there's a game that proves that Enketia and Lacazette won't be playing here next season. It's the fact that, ne- that neither of them started today. Because if they can't start today, then, I mean, what's the point of having them? I, I just would have started, like, um, I know it sounds weird, but I just don't think Obama Yang suits hardworking games. If, if it's uh, like, if you're creating lots of chances and, you know, he can make runs and uh, then he works. But I, th- I feel like in those games today, you needed someone to be harassing the city centre-backs. And he was really, really on and off with his pressing, presumably because when you get to, you know, your early 30s, you don't have the same stamina to succumb, to come back on a flight. I just don't understand why. I, I mean, actually, Johnny, I, I do, because you've made a great point that he almost had to play because he was so bad um, in midweek. But in that situation, I would, I would be like, well, if we don't play him against City and we play Lacazette and then we play him next Thursday against the shit team, uh, he'll, he can come good in that game. I, it just it just felt like a big mistake out there today because the two two crucial positions in this Arteta system base of midfield. If you do, if you've got someone like Mo Elneny who is petrified of vertical passing, it, it it spreads like a virus in the team. Like that that was it was almost pre Christmas at times. It, it, even Martin Odegaard like passing back into midfield, passing back into midfield. And then if, you're, if, the, if the tip of your spear is Aubameyang 
with that sort of tired, shoddy body language, it just sets a bad tone for the whole game. And I, 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 I am surprised that we came out of that at only one nil because I didn't feel that there was a, there was any belief in that side. And sometimes when you've got, you know, when you've got a good base of midfield, a solid foundation to build from, and you've got a link up player like Lacazette bringing in all the pace around him, sets it, you know, one of the things. Sorry, Matt. No, I said one of the things I've said about Arsenal. I think you know within about ten seconds what Arsenal you're going to get. <laughs> like, like when they're on the beat and like they're pressing from the first minute and the first couple of passes are crisp. You're like, oh yes, you know. And and all of our big wins have been like that. Right from the first minute, you can see it in their eyes when they come out. They're determined. You know, everything's on point. Press together. And like you could tell in three seconds flat that today was just a game that they're just trying to get out of the way. 100%, 100%. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that we are kind of discussing this, like, just to return to that Aubameyang point, like, you know, he's playing today and then he's going to play in midweek. I'm, I'm not sure he would play against Benfica. I don't I don't honestly think, you know, if you look at the game last week where he scored a hat-trick, that is an aberration right now. And you, you can't look at it any other way. It's, 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 it's a grain of sand on a beach right now for his recent form. And I think that if, if we're honest about things, Lacazette is our best forward. Aubameyang offers nothing to our link-up play. And yes, he had a good game last week. We scored some goals, but he's not working in the system. And obviously, Nicolas Pepe as well, just back to his disastrous best yet today. He was awful. awful. Really, really poor. So, you know, for me, I think you're looking at Smith-Rowe and Lacazette. They're coming on like breaking case of emergency substitutes. Well, I think that that probably is an inkling into Arteta's reasoning that these are going to be starting and they're going to be integral to us breaking down Benfica, which probably makes a lot of sense considering how Aubameyang's playing. Yeah, I, I, the, the Aubameyang performance today is off the back of two really hard-working performances. Like, you know, the Leeds game was great because he scored the goals. The Benfica game, for me... I don't think it was a disaster performance. It was disastrous output for a player of his level. But he ran the channels all night. He was getting on the end of chances. But are we at the point already with Aubameyang? Because like fitness in your 30s, there's just one year and it just goes. You know, like Robert Perez. One season, he was fast. The next season, completely gone. Freddie Lundberg. Uh, like you can just name so many 30 year old players. And then what, one day the pace goes gigs, sharing them, sharing them never had any pace, but it's almost like Obama Yang for 250 grand a week. Isn't a three game a week striker anymore. And Arteta hasn't quite sussed that. And when he, and when he's not fit and he's, and he doesn't have energy, he, because he's such a charismatic striker, it looks like he doesn't want to be there. I mean, some of the, um, you know, the fake duck that he does, when he doesn't want to compete for a ball in the box, like seeing that against Manchester City, you're a captain. You're a captain. Yeah. And I, I, I would, uh, I, I know that this is just stupid fan talk, but you know, Balogun would run the, would run the channels. He would be on the end of everything. He'd be throwing his all at those games. And he's not even, I was he even on the bench today. No, you know, like I, I just, I, 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 I don't, I do understand it, and I, I don't at the same time. But, but, but the thing, the thing with Aubameyang though is, you know, you're talking about like against Benfica running the channels. This isn't Dwight Gale, you know. This isn't <laughs> insert journeyman footballer run the channels, put in an honest day shift. You know, Aubameyang against Benfica. The reason why you're on the pitch 
is because you're meant to be a world-class finisher. You're meant to be the difference. The reason why a guy, guy like that plays is if he gets a chance, he is going to finish it. That's And Benfica, if you don't have one of them, then that is why he's on the pitch, because he's going to be the difference. When you get three glaring opportunities, simply running the channels is not enough. You've had a stinker, because that's what you're there to do. You know, it's like a keeper who's, you know, came and closed, claimed loads of crosses. But if your fundamentals aren't there, which is your game, and you're letting balls go through your hands, then you've had a, sh- a shocking game, despite organising the defence well. And I don't think there's enough to Aubameyang's game to excuse poor finishing at that level. And, you know, it's different, you could argue, when you're playing against City and you're talking, you're up against Ruben Diaz, who looks like the best defender in the league right now. John Stone's looking, you know, completely uh, revolutionised in this team as well. Um, But, you know, you can say, well, it's hard to get your just dues against them. But when you're playing against Benfica, if you can't do it when you have those opportunities, then... I have to look at someone like a Lacazette who offers far much more, you know, or as you said, the other option is Martinelli, who actually put, he'll run the channels as well for you, but he's got a lot more energy and a lot more kind of vigour when it comes to uh, asserting our pressing performance up top. And that adds something to our game. Yeah, uh, Martinelli's energy today, like, I, I know that he's not... The thing with Martinelli is he's a power player, right? He's not going to keep the ball under control. But we didn't keep the ball under control in the final third today anyway, so what was the risk? You know, one thing I, I was thinking during the game, and I want to, like, see what you guys think. I, because we are so shit at the moment, we are a 10th place team in the league, and that's just the the reality I wonder whether the coaching staff looked at the fixture list and they were like, the City game is 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 unlikely. So we won't push for that. I honestly think that they're looking at the Spurs and the Leicester game. And I think that we have a very good chance of turning over Spurs and Leicester. Far better chance than Manchester City. And I just wonder whether there was something in the back of their minds that once they went 1-0 down, it was like, tr- just just try and keep it easy I think, and go I think, for it and we'll, we'll, we'll get the points back against six-pointer teams. The problem with that is if you're a coach who's talked about non-negotiables and then uh, you basically, it's known that that's the way you're looking at the fixture list, you lose all your credibility. And I think one of the things that, the biggest thing that's happened to Arsenal from fans, from players, from everyone, is that over the last decade, there's been a slow erosion of standards where, and to the point where we're like, oh, maybe it wasn't that bad that we lost 1-0 at home. Like, yeah. First of all, it was win your home games against the big teams and if you get turned over away, then it was, you know, then it was just, you know, get put, don't, don't get don't humiliated away from home. And now it's basically just don't <laughs> get humiliated, don't get humiliated at home. You know, it's like... Um, it's just this erosion of standards and you can't be a coach who's all about non-negotiables and all this stuff and then basically putting them out to just get through the game and, and not lose. So I don't think it's that. I think it's also really hard to switch on performances. I think you've got to go all in on everything if you're going to get something out at the end of the season. I think Leicester is going to be as as hard for us uh, as this game. I think we're going to, I think Leicester, I'll be very surprised if we beat Leicester. And I think that's a, another mark of Arsenal um, underestimating a team that in recent years has been way ahead of us in everything that they do. 
from recruitment to uh, coaching to quality of players they're bringing in. I think Leicester are a much better run club than Arsenal, which is unbelievable at this moment. So it's, I'm not saying this to be doom and gloom. I'm just saying... Um, I disagree on Leicester. I, I think I think Leicester is much uh, like much much more suited to uh, to Arsenal. I think that like, we're we're much closer to their level than we are Manchester City. I think that we can beat Leicester. We can beat Spurs. We are. I don't, we I don't are. know. I just I just think I just think I agree on the calculations of, thing though. We're just sort of stuck in this place, and it's like everyone. There have been so many opportunities for us to turn this season around. Yeah, West, West Ham mm. are fourth. I, I mean, and, I, I, Chelsea are fifth, and like. And they must be thinking they're a shoe in for Champions League now. They've got a new coach. West Ham will drop out. They'll get fourth. You know, and, and all of these teams, United were languishing. You know, every single team has put a run together apart from us. Um, mm. So it's, 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 it's really, really concerning now. Johnny, what do you I, think? I've got to say, you know, um, the fan favourites are together on this one because I, I think Matt's you know, singing very much from the same hymn sheet as myself. I, I, I think everything you said was right there, Matt. It this was is a coup. Because, it, I'm sorry, Pete, you know. An insurrection. Moel Mo in there. You just keep, you know, do your sideways passes there. <laughs> no, <I'm>, Outrageous. <laughs> con, con, my contract's getting ripped up as you speak. <laughs> Why is Edu knocking on the door? <laughs> um, no, I've got to say, um, I think you've um, been a little hopeful there, Pete, when you start talking about Leicester. They're miles ahead of us. Absolutely. We're going to get banged up by Leicester. No question. I think they'll do a bigger job on us than Man City did because they won't, you know, Man City, I think there was a good um, uh, kind of metaphor that was said by one of the commentators about Man City with like a Floyd Mayweather who were just so confident in their ability to be able to step it up if they needed. They were keeping it as an arm reach, arm's reach, whereas Leicester got set about their business in a completely different way. It's energy, it's drive, it's Jamie Vardy embodied, you know, in, in terms of their temperament. And, and they will set, set about on us and we will look vulnerable to it. And there's no question about it, we'll concede goals for my money. So the Tottenham game is a game in isolation. They can't be linked together. And I think we absolutely have got a chance to win the Tottenham game, but that's because they're shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a six-pointer with two struggling teams with delude, delusions of grandeur thinking about yesteryear where we used to compete. And to speak to Matt's point about um, the erosion of standards, it's exactly right, but... I completely think that whilst this situation, not for a second, is all Arteta's fault, I would also say that at times I feel like we give the guy a pass, like he's just got the job. Like he took over from, when he took over from Emery and like, you know, you can lose a couple of games, it's like, yeah, he's in, you know, this guy's well over, he's over a year now in terms of his plan. And I just think, you know, in terms of the regression of the whole club, that is certainly not all Arteta's fault. I wouldn't say that, but... I think we've regressed under Arteta as well. You know, we, we, Arteta had, a, had us at a better standard before this and we're going backwards. And, it, it, you know, I don't really think how you can look at it. You can't really admit that because we, we are looking like we've, we're running out of ideas. I think, it's, I think it's a really good point. And I think, I think there's two ways of looking at it. One way of looking at it is we've, and neither one, neither one is good. Option one is we've, regret, we've regressed under Arteta. We were a better team. We thought we were in a better place after the cup final win with a bit of a clearer point of view, hard to be, one, one way of thinking. 
we've then completely changed the way we play and, the, and our whole philosophy, like halfway through, like halfway through Arteta's brain. So it feels like he's done a massive shift on, on, on the way he's setting the team up on what, what he thinks we should do. And look, I think this new approach might well be right, but that's a big thing. There's, you know, like, but, but we, we, there has been a regression. And the question I've got is, um, and, and look, I, I'll still answer this with Arteta, but maybe it's because I'm an Arsenal fan and I'm mad. But if you had the choice again of Arteta or Angelotti, which one would you take? No, I disagree. I, 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 I think you, I, you, you two are ganging up. <laughs> this is, I knew this was coming. I knew, I knew this was coming. How dare I, I'd still, you? I, I'd still go for Arteta, but he's on thin ice. Is yeah. I, I, so I, I think that we we go up and down, and Manchester City has come after a, like a like a bland result in in the Europa League. We're going to turn it around this week. I I guarantee you. I'll put money on it. We're gonna we're gonna beat Benfica on Thursday, and it will be an an easy win. You know, two three nil. And then I think we're going to go and beat Leicester City on Sunday. And I, I just I don't I don't see. I think Leicester are a great side. I think that they're very. I think we're very suited to playing them. I think we'll get a few players back. There's no way that we're going to have the same starting eleven that we put out today uh, against Leicester. I think that's a more winnable game. I think the coaching staff understand that, and I think off the back of a win, hopefully we can recover quick enough. And then I, I think we'll have a, a fairly okay run into the rest of the season. I if if you look at the season as a whole, which you should do then it has been completely shit. But I don't think that you can ignore some of the progress that we've had since the Chelsea game. I don't think that you can ignore that we're generally fairly stable as a defensive unit. We've had a fair amount of bad luck, but there's something brewing at Arsenal. I think that Arteta has 100% got to get it right in the next six weeks. But I'm not, I don't think that this is like, there's no identity there. There is an identity that is that is, is is bubbling up. And I think that we are progressing. Games like today, let Arteta lets himself down because I think the second half, we would have liked to have seen a bit of Arsene Wenger when he's 3-0 three three down against Chelsea. I don't think we want to see 20-minute substitutes. I don't think we want to see Moel Nenny like stinking the place out for the entire mm. game. I think that that's, that's the problem. It wasn't aggressive enough and there was too much respect for Manchester City, but I don't think he'll have the same respect for Leicester. I don't think he'll have the same respect for Spurs. And if we string those four games, we're back to normality, at least yeah. normality in a very low standard season. And I also think you have to consider that this is a season where Jurgen Klopp uh, if we'd won today, we'd be three points behind Jurgen Klopp. That's the probably the best manager in the world with a team that looked like a machine last year, completely collapsing. And I think you have to wrap that context around. We've got to have a good finish to the season, but I still think we're on the right path. And, you know, it feels bad after a Manchester City game, but let's see how we feel after the on the whistle on Sunday, because I think you two are going to be smiling. <laughs> I think you two are going to be smiling and saying, Pete, you 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 get ten points in the in the fan favorite league. <laughs> You're going to go up after this week. Definitely. I'm going to be in the Euro- green arrow. I'll be in the Europa <laughs> League spots by next week, guys. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I I do get where you're coming from. The the problem is for me. Well, there, there, there's a few points. Number one, um, I think that um, you know when you look at when you say things are progressing under Arteta, yes, there are. But there's other things that we seem to regress in as well at the same time it's like one step forward one step backwards 
Because, um, of course, like defensively, you are right. We look a lot more solid. But there's no question that whilst I do think we, it's clearer to see the identity now with how we want to attack, and I do appreciate that, like... You know, Arteta, I think, is having the kind of season where he needs to show us something. And if you think about towards the end of Emery's tenure, mm-hmm. um, the, the issue uh, which he faced, and I remember working these games for Arsenal, and he basically threw the end of the league, he threw it away with um, losses to, at home to Crystal Palace and um, Brighton, um, and, and basically went all out for the Europa League. And the issue was... You know, that is fine for a manager. I, I, I'm happy if you do that, as long as you realise that if you lose that game, it's over. Get out. 100%. Like, you, you want to put it all on, on, on black? You better hope the black comes in. It's just that simple. And for me, Arteta is not going to be in a situation where he's going to get two, three years leeway. I think people are trying to work out, is this guy going to be the one taking us forward? And if we were to struggle in the Europa League... Then looking at a game like the City game, like this was an opportunity to get another flagship win for Arteta and say, oh, this is a really standout game for us. We're competing with the best. And at least in terms of our ceiling, we ours is as high as anyone. Whereas you come out of a game like that and think, actually, 1-0, yeah, it looked like, you know, it, it was quite close. But w- we looked miles off in many respects. We, we certainly don't look anywhere near. And I know we're not going to be winning a league anytime soon but that is that when you're trying to show progression going against the best is an opportunity to show how close you can be to them because rather than uh taking it as a a kind of pain in the ass fixture do you know what I mean you know here's and here's the thing that worries me about Arteta um and and it has worried me about a number of hires that we've had over the last year sometimes Sometimes we don't match a, 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 a member of staff to our reality. When we signed Raul Signelli, we signed a Barcelona sporting director who was used to being able to spend as much money on whatever he wanted and it working. And it didn't work out because he wasn't matched to our reality. And the, the one concern is that Arteta has got this system. He's obviously a very innovative coach and he's got a very specific vision, but Pep's, Pep Guardiola said before the game, he said, look, tactics without players are nothing. There's no <laughs> point. And he was saying that, you know, the reason that his side is playing so well is because he's got amazing players. And Arteta's obviously got a good system because when we have the right players in the right positions, we, we're starting to play great football. We're creating like a number of chances. But as soon as one or two of those players either dips in form or drop out of the starting eleven. We're back to being shit. And today we were a slightly lighter shade of, of shit, but yeah. we were still shit. Uh, as soon as Zilneni's in that side, we're not, we're not winning against the top four side. Um, as soon as Obama Yang is tired, we're not winning. So my, uh, my worry isn't really about the, the coaching. My worry is if we go, like, I think n- next season, you're right. I, I, he's going to get away with whatever happens this season. That's the reality. He's not getting fired. They're going to take it through to next season. They're going to clear out some players. But are we in a financial position to stock up at the right level to be able to hit the ground running next season? Because if if, if it's still not right and the system's wrong, then maybe we've got to downgrade the sort of football that we want to play. And maybe we've got to match our squad to a manager. And maybe that manager is someone like Nuno. 
you know, who works wonders with less than perfect players. Um, so, so, so that that would that would be I, my main there's, worry. There's one other thing, which is, like, I get focusing on the Europa when you're in the last eight, but last thirty-two, <laughs> that's pretty early to be focusing all in on Europa. And I'm just looking. I just pulled up the list of teams who are still in it, and you know, Tottenham, United. AC Milan, Leicester, Roma. Um, Unai Napoli. Emery, you know that he's going to be problematic if we get him. He's going <laughs> to go all out there. He's going to be Na- juicing Napoli, the players. Ajax, Olympiacos, all of those teams could knock us out in the next round. Like none of those are easy games for us, you know, or, or even, I mean, a lot of those are just 50-50s. Yeah. Uh, so it seems like a very, very high-risk strategy of Arteta to be I, going in Europa. I, I, th- I, don't think that, um, I don't think it was a strategy to just put all our, all our eggs in the Europa basket at all. But I think the final strategy of the Premier League, and to Johnny's point earlier, it's, it's one step forward, two steps back. We haven't had a proper run this season. There's not been a 10-game run. There was last season. We were going 13 games. He hasn't had a run, and he needs one. And the the ultimate child of Wenger moment would be he puts on a twelve game winning streak, but you see it. But you see a game like today, and you're like, Ugh. you see the luck that we've had in certain games. But I, I think that that's the way that Arteta needs to go into the stadium that will be half full come August next year. He needs to go into that stadium with the fans behind him. If he goes on a ten game run, um, and we finish sixth or seventh the fans will be behind him but yeah. if he clunks into next season yeah it's going to be two lo- two losses on the bounce and the fans are going to be flying planes over the ground our tests are out yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and i think they should i've got to be honest like you know they don't he don't i don't think he deserves anything more than that i've really got to be honest about it like you know and i agree with you pete in terms of your assessment i do think that that's how it will uh pan out and this is why i'm saying i want I want there to be something to get excited about with me. Next year's, this year's a write-off already, you know, and I appreciate, like, I completely get what you're saying, Matt, about, you know, it's early to focus on Europa, but we did this. We're out of everything, you know. I mean, do we really need to go be going hell for leather in the league? Like, you know, if you could promise me a good run in the Europa League, I'll take that over getting up to sixth position or giving West Ham a run for their money. We, we need to be trying for the only competition we can win. But the, the fact is, is that when you see games like today, all those teams that you reeled off, it looks like a really tall order. And there's a there are teams you'd have to say that are better than us that are still left in it. But, you know, I, I think it's, um, it's not just a kind of, oh, a kind of, you know, an optimistic cry of wouldn't it be nice if we went on a run? I think it's imperative. I think it's imperative for Arteta to change the mood and the atmosphere around uh, the whole club by us turn. If if the fans felt like we'd turned a corner, you know, and it's not just like Chelsea turned a corner because then we've had middling results since then. It's been up and down anyway, but properly turned a corner, went on a run, just the belief that I think we've actually cracked something, you know, because... I, just to come, quickly come back to your other point, um, Pete, about Liverpool, you know, in, in, in dreadful form. Of course they are, but they've lost the best defender in the world. And 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 his partner next to him has been out for the season. And, and you know, they're basically playing the equivalent of Arsenal, having to play Xhaka in centre-half centre, centre every week. We'd get you, banged up. But you, you do have to accept then 
that if Liverpool can lose the best player and be six points away from us, then you have to say Arteta hasn't had, he's, a, a, you know, Thomas Partey is the best midfielder that Arsenal have had in 10 years. And he's he's hasn't played more than three games in a row, and that is going to contribute to a shitty season because our midfield is awful, and we don't have enough. You know, we don't yeah. we don't have a Tiago uh, Tiago Alcantara, uh, you know, to back up, even though he's been terrible. So I think you, th- th- there are mitigating circumstances, but at the same time, we we went on a thirteen game bounce last year with the same squad, right? He's uh, you you are right. He has to show a little bit of leg. Going into the rest of the season, <laughs> right? Think, yeah. Get us excited. I mean, I mean, the more you look at it, the more you go. Um, we've just got to, however we do it, get just survive the next few games, get through against Benfica, beat Tottenham, try not to get beat by Leicester, and then hope that we get some players back, i.e., Thomas Party back. Hope we get a good, a, a nice, easy draw in the Europa, and then can put a run together. And that's that's basically our strategy, which is. Um, a bit of luck, um, and you know, and then and then and then hopefully we can we can end the season do in you, a good place. Do you, I don't know whether I've got these timings completely correct, but do you remember a few seasons ago? I think um, Mourinho picked up a, a, a Chelsea side mid-season, and he Liverpool were in the in with a shout for the league, and he basically went all in. And his only objective was to stop Liverpool winning the league. And he like was he was going nuts in the press conferences. He fired his players up, and then I think Steven Gerrard slipped. Dem- yeah. Demba Bar scored yeah. the goal, and uh, and it lifted the Chelsea players. And then the next season, I think he won the league. I think I might have that timing wrong, but it's working for the narrative that I'm about to share. It's like we've got to go into that Leicester game, and Arteta's got to be like, "Fuck Brendan Rodgers." We're gonna we're gonna end we're gonna end their title hopes, and I'm doing it for Pep Guardiola because I love him and he's like a father to me. <laughs> and then he's got to go into that Spurs game, and he's got to say, "You are gonna end Jose Mourinho's career. This guy has been bullying you for 20 years. Let's down him. Let's get him sacked, and then we're gonna win the Europa League, and we're gonna be Unai Emery." in the final and we're going to beat him 4-0 <laughs> and we're going to end him his career. We have to create some, like Arteta has to create some sort of narrative at the back end of the season. I'm, and I'm I think it's, yeah, I, we've like ending a title run, ending Mourinho's career and then winning a trophy has to be the narrative. And then the overarching narrative for the fans is it's done with young players. No more William. Right, it's going to be Erdegaard, Saka, and Smith Rowe that are going to take us through to the end of the season, and then you go into next year and you're like, "Well, like it was a shit the season last season, but wasn't it funny when Mourinho got sacked after we beat them three 0 Like, yeah. and and we we need something to grasp from this season because at the moment, if you if the season stopped now, what would be the story? You'd be like, "Well, that January window when we got rid of Meza Özil and <laughs> was, was fucking great." <laughs> A real nail biter, um, <laughs> but you know you're right. Now um, to uh, draw a comparison, I'm sure you've both seen the Last Dance, and um, you know one of the major takeaways is how Michael Jordan would just grasp onto any little thing to use as inspiration. So you know if you parked in his parking space, he's going to you know just hit a triple double just to prove <laughs> a point. You you took me down, and of course you can look at other teams. I, I don't think. 
you know, your your point about getting Jose Mourinho fired, that seems like an obvious one. If you can't get up to the Tottenham game anyway, you know. But we are going to have to create our, create our own demons and create our own motivation. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is I do agree, you know, what you were saying before as well about injuries. The one thing, though, with Thomas Party for me, why I couldn't draw that same comparison with, say, Virgil van Dijk, is we've not had Thomas Party in our team before. So it's not like we were banking on him giving us 40 games a year and he's come up short. Like, he might be, and I think you've said it before, he might end up being a croc, which would be a very scary reality. But, you know, if he does constantly break down, if, if he is the Garnet and Darren Anderton, then no. we are in, a, we are in a, 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 a tricky position where our best player is broken all the time. Um, so... You know, at this stage, it's unfortunate, but we haven't had him long enough to be completely beholden to him. We have to find systems uh, to suit the players that are there all the time and that play, uh, and we and uh, that we can get the best out of them for, and and so we can end up being successful either way. And I think we haven't done that yet. So you know, whatever we need to do, whether we have to kind of rally against the boogeyman, you know, for inspiration, then let's do it. But yeah, we need to find something for the fans to be able to latch on to with a view to next season. Because all we need is hope. And that's what we need. Hope for yes. more. Yeah. I, I, but but the, the, the bet on Thomas Partey was he's been injured for three weeks in his entire Spanish career. And we, we sign him and he's been out the whole time. And we had one one bet on the summer that was get a press-resistant midfielder that can break the lines and open up the game. I, I, I don't think it's in doubt that we would... If, he, if he'd been fit all season, we would be competing for top four right now. It hasn't happened, but I don't think it was like... You know, when we signed Mark Overmars, he had, everybody knew that he had a problematic knee. Mm, we, yeah. We've... Carnu, we knew that there were problems there. Thomas Partey, it was like... We can't fuck this up. This guy never gets injured. He's an absolute <laughs> machine. And it's just it's just problem after problem. But the, wor- the worst thing about Arteta really is he is a really unlucky manager. And sometimes you're like, is that just you? Is that you? Are you just that guy where everything goes wrong? And injured player, you know, players that never get injured get injured and bad stuff just follows you around. And I think a good run until the end of the season and showing some of the promise that we've shown in the last 10 games would give hope. But if he, I think if he clunks his way into the back end, it's going to go the way of Emery. And the, he'll be out by Christmas. The one thing I'll say is if he does manage to get out of the... Te- we're in a tailspin. We're in a tailspin. A death spiral. We still, we still are. Like we're still in it. Like we, we didn't get out because we, didn't, we couldn't beat either one of Villa or Wolves. So like if we beat either one of them... We wouldn't be in a death spiral. It would be like, oh, it's City. But other than that, it's been pretty fucking great. But we're still in a death spiral. If he manages to get out, which is now a big if, he will be stronger for it because yeah. it, because he will have learned. You learn a million times more when things are going badly and you manage to escape than you do when things are going well. So uh, I, I'm all over the place. One minute I'm positive, one minute. I'm <laughs> Which I think feels like every Arsenal fan. It feels like the whole team, doesn't it? It's like one game. You're like, we've got Smith Rowe, Saka, Martinelli. We're gonna got a whole new generation. It's you 3.0. The next day, you're like, we're gonna bumble into tenth, aren't we? Like, like either one, and then it might be both of them. But right now, it's it's difficult to to know. 
Oh god. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Um, so <laughs> hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams. We'll close out the podcast, Johnny. Hopes, hopes and dreams. What are you thinking for the next? Uh, like, what's best case scenario for Arteta over the next <clears> few weeks? Uh, best case, um, you know, best case is actually meeting the minimum requirements. Like, because I think once once he gets past that threshold, then he can start to look, you know, with the whole vista of possibilities. Because right now it seems like our, you know, our walls are closing in a little bit. We're running out of potential solutions and ways out. And um, I think, obviously, everything starts with this Benfica game. But presuming we do come through that, and we are better than Benfica, we, you know, yeah. uh, despite Aubameyang's shocking misses, we were a better team than them. So we come through that. I, I, I would like to think we're getting through another round in Europa so we can at least get the excitement going that we're approaching the latter stages of European competition. And then, absolutely, I think that, you know, you said an important thing, Pete, about, you know, um, selling our, setting our team up and our squad and our vision up to be built around young players because when we talk about hope, um, part of the hope is that it's going to be um, recreatable going forward and something that can keep growing exponentially and what young players do rather than loads of players that have all capped out and reached their you know, ceiling all playing at the height of their powers. Young players give you that opportunity to dream of, oh, imagine if Saka does become as good as Mbappe or, you know, imagine if Smith-Rowe is the Croydon De Bruyne and we just drop the Croydon, you know, and he's it, just <laughs> tearing it up every week. That is the, that's the um, hope that we can get because we can start to see, even if it's slightly unrealistic, we can see a potential for how this can lead us back to where we want to go. But, um, and uh, yeah, as for, for that reason, I definitely think it's important to build around the youth. But, you know, just to go over old ground again, we absolutely have to put on a good show in the Europa League, but then we need to show some positive form in that Premier League. And, you know, how many games did you say we had left? Is it, is it um, 10 or 11? 10 games, yeah. 10 games. You know, you got, you're talking about if we can win seven of them. 12 games, 12 games. 12, 12. Or, so up it a bit. If we can win eight out of 12, that's going to make the mood feel a little bit better. Um, you know, but even then, obviously, when you if we win eight and we lose a couple, how many games have we lost this year? It's quite a lot, yeah. isn't it? But um, but yeah, that would be it for me. It would just be about ending the season strong and doing well in Europa. Hopefully, winning it. But you know, there to dream. Yes, Matt, what do you think? Uh, look, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm just looking at the fixtures now, and I, I sort of always look at them in like batches of five, and I hadn't really looked beyond to the end of the season now but the fact that we're so close to the end of the season that you can, it's only 12 games and you just look at them we've got Leicester uh, Spurs West Ham Liverpool uh, Sheffield United away Everton Chelsea um, you know I think it's gonna it's it's terrible terrible run like like we played the easy we played, <laughs> we, we played the easy one so um, it's difficult to see us winning more than six of them to be honest Six that's six wins, six losses seems about right. Um, probably probably fair, more accurate, and I think that would have us coming in into into you know tenth, twelfth in the league. Um, so it really maybe I was wrong. Maybe we just got to go all in on Europa and Arteta. But it, it's going to be 
against the odds if we if we if we come out of this in a good place by the end of the season. Yeah, that was quite a depressing run. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, why do the fans love you guys so much? Yeah, but, uh, but also, I'm, also, I'm, also, I'm sad. But I'm also <laughs> like, I'm also like, yeah, no, I think we can put a good run together. We, and I'm like, we've been so bad. We must have an easy run coming up. And then it's like, no, we that death spiral we had earlier this season was the easy run when we lost to like all those teams. Yeah, yeah. That was the run when we needed to win ten on the bounce, and we lost ten on the bounce. <laughs> I'm 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 blowing this out with a positive. I I think I think we're going to get I think we're going to get ten wins out of our final twelve. I think that we're going to go to at least like I, we should go to the final of the Europa League. Let's not mess around. Like we should go to the final of the Europa League. I think the the most problematic teams in the Europa League will be Leicester and Man United. I think that when you look at European teams, you tend to thread them through teams of the past into Milan. Um, I don't think are going to be a, a, a major problem for us. I don't think Ajax are going to be a, a big issue. The Spanish teams outside, the big Spanish teams are not What about if we level. got Tottenham? What about if we got Tottenham, Pete? Over two legs. Yeah, but you know, Mourinho is a busted flush. I don't, I don't think Tottenham over two legs, it's not the same as it used to be. You know, he's got his worst points total ever. Um, I think the players are starting to hate him. He's fallen out with Gareth Bale. Doesn't like Daily Alley. Like I, I, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about him. The big concerns are um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in a final, or Brendan Rodgers, who I think you know he's a whopper, but he's a really, really good coach. I think those are the two teams that we've got to watch out for. And if we escape them in the quarterfinals, then uh, you know it just goes back to what happened last season. We are a cup team. I think, mm-hmm. and Arteta, Arteta can pull something out on a big day. And the hope is that we get Thomas. If we get Thomas Party back within the next few games, I think it will be a, a different story. The problem is, without him in the side, we are just rank average. But um, I think I think it could be positive. He's got to find a story somewhere this season. And if 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 he doesn't, then next season is going to be difficult. If he does, then there will be forgiveness as we, you know, probably fumble our way through another season See, as well. We we win the Europa and get ten wins out of our last twelve games. I personally will fly you to London and take you to the Emirates next season that's because such a, that's it's such not happening. It's not happening. That's absolutely why. <laughs> That is why people love you. That's why people love you. It's also, you know, at the moment, the sad thing is, if we got to a, a Europa Cup, a Europa final in Azerbaijan, you wouldn't pay for it now, would you? You wouldn't put three grand down on it. You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't open up that credit card to that sort of abuse. And that's that's a sad moment. That's a sad moment. I don't want to die of COVID in Azerbaijan. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's so true. Right. Guys, the worst place. Like, is, it, is this a hangover or is this? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it, it was a pleasure having you both on again. Um, Johnny, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah, um, on my socials at I Johnny Cochran. Um, I've got a little YouTube channel as well for Arsenal discussion. I jump in with videos as well. That's the O to B channel, double O H T O B E. Check it out. Give us a like on some videos and subscribe. Thank you kindly. Matt, uh, you oh, never... You... No, nah, we'll be back for On The Whistle. Yeah, we'll be back for On The Whistle. So uh, we've got two On The Whistles coming up this week. Hopefully, uh, when I speak to the guys next, it's going to be a little bit more positive. I think we're going to beat Benfica. We're going to beat Leicester. Everything's going to be better, guys. Come on, <laughs> believe. Anyway, thanks for listening. Ciao for now.
Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.